chance this Thursday evening. I want to encourage you to make sure you have a few things that you're going to need during our time together tonight, one of which we want to encourage you to have the Word of God. If you've got a Bible nearby or maybe on your phone or hard copy, we want to encourage you to to grab that. You're going to need that as we journey together through our experience this evening. And then also many of you uh, have communion cups that we distributed this week. Um, We want to encourage you to have those available at this time as well. Again, you're going to need that during our uh, experience tonight. Maybe you don't have a, an official communion cup. That's okay. Maybe just find a, a cracker or a piece of bread and, and some sort of juice or, or, or liquid. Uh, we want you to be able to experience communion with us tonight as well. It doesn't necessarily matter what you have, but it's the posture of your heart as we remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight is Thursday. Four days after Jesus has made his entry into the city of Jerusalem, where crowds welcomed him and shouting Hosanna and touting his praises. It's one day before the events of the crucifixion will begin to unfold before us. Today, in the tradition, is known as Maundy Thursday. And that word Maundy Thursday is actually Latin for the word command. There are several things that take place on this Thursday night and several things that we believe that Christ wanted us to know about. He's still instructing. He's still teaching. Tonight, we're going to read about the events that took place in that upper room with Jesus and his disciples. We're going to read about and we're going to celebrate the Last Supper. We're going to read about foot washing that took place and even a betrayal and also a new command that Jesus lays out for his followers. We know how the story ends, but they didn't. We know and we experience this joy that, that, that Easter brings us come Easter Sunday, but little did these men know this night on what would be taking place in just a few hours. Easter right now to us seems like a a joyous celebration. We can almost see the light at the end of the tunnel. But make no mistake about it. Before we get there, it is a very dark and painful journey. Welcome to Monday Thursday. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you for this opportunity given us tonight to pause and remember. We we, we take a break from from our activities, a long day of schoolwork or, or a job that we've been a part of. We gather around with family and and we remember in this moment the Thursday. the the final event leading up through this week known as Holy Week, but yet the beginning of what will be a dark three days. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence to be with us during this journey tonight. Father, I pray that, that as we look at what might be a familiar story to so many, may it spark in us something new, a new response in light of what you reveal to us now. So Holy Spirit, come 
and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted you were condemned but I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned but I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love amazing
joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. Just join me in this simple chorus.
to you all things You deserve the glory Today's Monday, Thursday. And while there are certain events about this Easter week that get most of the attention, more dramatic events like the arrest and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, you can't have any of that without this final night. His time on earth here with his disciples. This thing known as the Last Supper. It's a big deal. And there are several things that we find that took place during this this evening with Jesus and his disciples. We we, we see Jesus, even even him knowing the events that were about to unfold, we, we find him still taking one final opportunity to instruct and to teach his disciples. Little did they know what what, what all of this would mean in the moment, but it would all begin to make more sense in the days and weeks to come. So what was it that Jesus, the greatest teachers, the greatest rabbis of all times, what was it that in these final hours with his hand-selected chosen few, what did he instruct them and teach them? We're going to be reading tonight, beginning in Matthew chapter 26. And I want to begin reading in verse 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them, you you will see a certain man and, and tell him the teacher says that my time has come. And I will eat the Passover with my disciples at your house. And so the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. And when it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12 disciples. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one, Lord? And he replied, One of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked him, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. They've shared a meal together. And the scripture goes on to read that as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. If you have your communion cups now, I want to invite you to to take those and and pull out that wafer or grab a piece of bread or 
a cracker nearby. After they finished their common meal together, it says that Jesus pulled out the bread. He broke it. He blessed it. He broke it into pieces. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat this. For this is my body. Take and eat the bread. After Jesus gave them the bread, it says that he also took a cup of wine and he gave thanks for it. And he said to them, each of you drink from this, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words. I will not drink wine again until that day. The day that I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Drink the juice, symbolic of the poured out blood of Jesus Christ. find Jesus beginning to explain to his disciples things that he knew were about to take place, but things that didn't quite make sense to them right now. The story goes on to say that after they shared the bread and, and drank of the cup, that there was something else symbolic that took place that night. Reading from John chapter 13. scripture say beginning in verse thir- three, excuse me, John chapter 13, beginning in verse three, Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and, and he would return to God. And so Jesus does something incredible, still teaching and instructing his disciples. The scripture says he got up from the table and he took off his robe and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. Dropping down to verse 12, it says, after washing their feet, He put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked them, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and your master, your teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Foot washing. The washing of feet. 
a, a lowly job, a, a job that was reserved for the house servant. This was a menial task. No task reserved for a teacher, a master. Definitely no task for a rabbi. But yet we find Jesus taking the opportunity to, to continue to set an example for his disciples and for us to follow. The story goes on in John chapter 13 that Jesus gave his men that night one final command. In fact, he called it a new command. The word of the Lord says in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34, Jesus says, so now I'm giving you also a new commandment to love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Don't you just love this? That in the midst of Jesus knowing what awaited him in just a few short hours, he is still taking the opportunity to teach and to role model and to give final instruction to his disciples as to how they should live their lives. Love one another. You see, this is an eventful Thursday, a Thursday like none other. And if we're not careful, we can forget and skip over and miss the significance of what is taking place in this upper room. Jesus knew that we would forget. He knew that we would allow the, 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 the demands of life the busyness that it brings, he knew that we would allow those things to press in and he knew that we would tend to forget. He knew that we would begin to look further down the road in this Easter story and we would forget these things. That's why he's wanting to remind us tonight to pause and to remember the sacrifice on the cross, the blood shed for us, and this new command to love as he loves. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the
the story goes on to say that after they sang a hymn in that upper room that night, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Reading down through Matthew chapter 26, says Jesus took three with him to the garden. He went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. It says in verse 39 that Jesus went a little farther and he bowed his face to the ground praying. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. We know that Jesus looks and he finds those three have fallen asleep. And after going back to awaken them, not once, not twice, but they'd fallen asleep three times. They couldn't even stay awake. They couldn't keep guard and watch just as their Lord and Savior had asked. And can't you just experience his anguish? Not the anguish necessarily in this moment that they have fallen asleep, but we see in the garden him wrestling. But we find him submitting himself completely to the will of his Father in heaven. And after arousing and waking those sleepy disciples up that third time, it says in verse 37 that others entered the garden that night. Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. And after a kiss, verse 50 says, Jesus said to him, my friend, Go ahead and do what you've come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. It's Friday now, but Sunday's coming. The cross has the final word The cross has the final word Sorrow may come in the darkest night But the cross has the final word 